Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include M&A activity, my interview with Rob Chrisman about the industry ramping up mortgage travels and how mortgage market cycles have historically played out, and mortgage-backed security hedging volumes. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus an Encino company and award-winning developer of mobile-first technology for the modern mortgage lender. Nexus Engagement helps mortgage lenders convert more leads to closed loans with a mobile app that fosters personal connections with borrowers. With tools like mortgage loan calculators, integrated home search, and instant messaging, Nexus Engagement helps lenders jumpstart the homeownership journey. To learn more about Nexus Engagement, visit simplenexus.com. Where can you always find money? In the dictionary. <laughs> Plenty of lenders are finding the money to buy other companies while smaller ones are looking for the right buyer. Eat or be eaten seems to be the name of the game as lenders hungry for production or courting other lenders. Some just get out of the game entirely. Cutting costs and being efficient continue to be of paramount importance. Yesterday, I mentioned changes in the credit world and received Ravi. When will companies learn that there are too many snouts in the credit trough? There's Fair Isaac, the bureaus, and the credit resellers. It's not a level playing field, and now, like the old days, of having different G fees for different lenders, lenders are slotted into tiers. In the next few years, we'll be moving from a tri-merge environment to a bi-merge environment. Regardless of what comes our way, the overall construct of this portion of our business is shaky. End quote. Lenders and vendors have been going through some interesting times last year and this year. Older and younger, owners are asking themselves if they want to continue in the business, given continued lower volumes, margins, and revenues, and how to carry out their decision once it is made. Some just quietly go out of business. Some large companies have gained a reputation for scooping up valuable originators from smaller lenders whose balance sheet or product offering has been cut. Others are buying smaller lenders who have created an exit strategy. There is a rumor that OnQ Mortgage has purchased the shell of Celebrity Mortgage. The latest example of actual announced news is publicly held Guild Mortgage announcing its acquisition of New Mexico's Legacy Mortgage, owned by Jack Thompson since 2006. Legacy will become part of Guild's Southwest region. On a larger scale, we're seeing a shifting in the correspondent channel. Wells Fargo is not the only correspondent to change gears. Many believe that we'll see more banks staying out of or exiting the correspondent channel following Wells Fargo and Bank of America. Banks must take a hard look at using capital to purchase mortgage servicing rights or being in a low-margin business like correspondent or wholesale lending. Although, as Ashley Lockabee, director of warehouse lending at North Point Bank, reminded us, its warehouse business is alive and growing. North Point Bank did announce that it is exiting correspondent lending with the last day to lock or relock a loan February 17th by 5 Eastern. The last day to fund a loan is April 28th, and no exceptions other than previously locked loans with an original expiration date beyond April 28th will be accepted. Effective immediately, the maximum lock term for a new lock is 60 days. All terms of the loan purchase agreement and correspondent lending guide remain in full force, including but not limited to billings and repurchase demands. 
Quote, North Point Bank remains committed to retail lending and warehouse lending. If you have any questions, please reach out to clientrelations at northpoint.com. It has been a pleasure to bring tailored solutions to your business over the past decade. End quote. And a regional account manager sent out, quote, I'm sending this email with news that one American bank has made the decision to exit the residential mortgage lending space. With the challenges over the past several months, one American bank priced themselves out of the market, hoping to do a relaunch, and unfortunately the bank decided now is not the right time to stay in the mortgage space. I know many of you put a lot of time and effort into getting approved with us, training and creating ways to get our pricing out to your MLOs. End quote. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show, Chrisman Commentary's namesake, Rob Chrisman, to talk about how he's been ramping up his mortgage travels, almost back to pre-pandemic levels, and how mortgage market cycles have historically played out. You've been back on the, the road. The Rob Chrisman tour has regained its head of steam after the pandemic. Where have you, where have you been? What are these conferences and what are people talking about? Well, the most recent was the Bank of England sales event down in Fort Lauderdale this week. Prior to that was the Independent Mortgage Bankers Conference put on by the NBA in San Diego. And I would say that people are mostly talking about just having survived the second half of 2022, which was rough by every account. The companies and individuals who have survived and are doing okay are basically saying we've, we've made it through the worst. We've made the cuts that we need to make for the most part. And let's see what 2023 brings, which so far, you know, it's been, been a decent year. We've seen a little uptick in business with the downdraft and rates slightly, but as borrowers get used to rates where they are in terms of 30-year mortgages and 15-year mortgages, I think more borrowing will happen. And we're also getting into, it's kind of early to talk about the spring or summer buying season, but the, the you know, there, there is chatter out there about the seasonality of, of lending in general, especially in the purchase market. And so companies are guardedly optimistic right now. Pre-pandemic, it seemed like you were on the road nonstop, uh, which, which was a source of slight embarrassment for me as people would ask, have you seen your dad lately? And I'd say, no, you know, he, he went out for a gallon of milk and never came back. It's, certainly been a scaled down or watered down travel schedule since the pandemic. Do you want it to get back to what it was? What's a good balance for you? Well, travel certainly picked up in the second half of 2022 or 2022 in general. There were uh, in-person conferences were back in vogue, uh, ranging from you know New England out to Hawaii, up into the Northwest and down into uh, into Texas. So that was going on last year. This year, interestingly enough, with the drastic cuts that have taken place in our industry, the number of conferences I don't think has changed much. In fact, I have a list of conferences on www.robchrisman.com, but the quantity of people coming to the conferences 
has dropped dramatically. There are fewer people showing up just because if a company last year would have sent 10, maybe because of cutbacks in travel and entertainment, maybe you know this year they're sending three or four or five. And so you might have the same number of companies being represented at the same number of conferences, but the the attendance is down. And so you have that combined with a certain percentage of lenders have merged or been acquired or, or just gone out of business. And so the the LTV, the lender to vendor ratio is being very closely watched by uh, entities that are sponsoring conferences. So, you know, the like I say, the number of conferences really hasn't dropped. It's the attendance. And in terms of the ideal, you know, there are people who have to really go out there and sell a product and they are on the road much more than I am. Fortunately, a lot of my business uh, our business is is handled via email and podcast and, and website. The value to me for going to a conference is to just to, to meet people and to say hi to people I've known for years and, and gauge the temperature of the industry. It's not to actually go out and sell a product, although I do have meetings that, you know, business related, really the, 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 the fact is, you know, I'm going out to to see how things are, and I enjoy doing that. When people meet you, what do they ask? What do they want to know? What are what are what's a common question or common questions you get? A a common question that I receive is, "How are things going?" <laughs> you know, just the generic "How are things going?" and that typically will lead to a. Uh, you know, lengthy discussion about business conditions and competitors and the competitive landscape and what products might be offering, might be being offered by lenders or vendors and, and kind of who's doing what. And so the, uh, like I said earlier, the the business discussion for me isn't so much the business discussion, it's the how you do in discussion and is there anything I can do to help discussion. On top of that, I do get a, a fair number of people coming up and asking, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about looking for another job, or I'm thinking, you know, we're about to merge with this other company, and can you help me find a new position because of that? I think uh, I might be eliminated in the in the merger. So, you know, there's 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 genuine interest in what's going on out there, and there's also genuine interest in in making sure that managers are doing the right thing for their companies in terms of what's going on in the industry and, and products that might be offered, leadership tools and so on. And then individuals, if they're if they're looking for a job or they know somebody who's looking for a job, that's also a topic of conversation. So generally runs the gamut. Well fortunately people tune into this podcast for the hard hitting journalistic questions, to which the answer to that one was you mostly get asked, how are you doing? Thank thank you for that. You've been in the industry since the 80s, and these downturns are natural. How long do these normally last? Is this one different from past ones? How, how much longer until people can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, or or you think things will pick up? Well, I think they are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel somewhat. It seems like the cycles have gotten a little bit faster, but we had 
two years of, of unequaled margins and revenue and volume. And there are millions of homeowners out there. 30-year mortgage rates in the high twos or low threes who really like those payments. And, and so the, the cycle, you know, what, what we might be doing now as a business was pushed into 2020 and 2021. And so we are dealing with a little bit of a, a hangover, a, uh, you know, removal of the sugar buzz from the, from those years. And we saw that certainly saw that in 2022 now in 2023, I think there's a lot of talk about return to normal in terms of, oh, this is what it was like in 2018 or 2019. Uh, the, um, like I said earlier, the, the mood is guardedly optimistic. And, you know, there's going to be, you know, call it, call it a, a trillion eight to 2.2 trillion. Somebody's got to be out there doing those mortgages. And it may, may as well be the, the companies that are in business now. So, so I'd say the light at the end of the tunnel is 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 being seen, and and companies are taking it one week or one month at a time. I read a good piece about how when the Fed engages in quantitative easing, it essentially pulls demand forward. So the demand in the housing market we would have seen spread out over a longer time was pulled forward due to the Fed's monetary policy, uh, and they've they've done their best here to correct that. The Fed, I'm sure, has learned from its mistakes of the early days of the pandemic. Do you see rates ever go, you know, 30-year mortgage rates ever dropping back down below 3% again? I personally don't, nor have I heard anybody suggest that. We were down there because of the pandemic. We could go down there if we get into a depression, not a recession, a depression. I would say that rates being where they are, I think lenders, originators, borrowers can live with rates at those levels. Depression, recession. You're a big fan of the airport, restaurant, hotel barometers. And since you're on the road, what what have those been looking like? Obviously, you said companies are, are sending less people out, but are are Americans still traveling in mass? They seem to be traveling. The restaurants are busy. The airports are busy. The hotels seem busy. And interestingly enough, if you look at the latest jobs number, the, the service sector hired uh, hundred and some odd thousand people. And I think that huge uptick. Uh, was needed because people are out and about. I don't see I don't see any kind of deep recession. I don't really see a lot of signs of recession. You'll you'll see economists talk about certain segments of the economy, but I'll tell you, nobody has told the job sector that we're we're anywhere near a recession. Well, let's hear it from Mister Out and About himself. Where where are you off to next? What's on the docket for you? I'm in Chicago this week. I head back to the uh, the West Coast on Friday, and then I go to Kentucky, interestingly enough, uh, in the middle of the month for an education conference. I got news for you. Reno, Nevada is not the West Coast, but don't forget to come home with that gallon of milk. I miss you. <laughs> I won't. How much volume are mortgage-backed securities or MBS trading desks seeing these days? 
An informal poll shows about $2.5 to $3.5 billion a day in hedging. If you multiply that by 250 working days, it's about $750 billion for the year. Volume is expected to pick up, of course, as we move toward the spring and summer home purchase season, and the NBA is still forecasting about $2 trillion for the year. 5% security hedges continue to see the most volume, but all coupons between 4.5 and 6% are seeing notable participation. Increases in loan locks during a day or over a weekend impact daily trading volumes. January prepayment volumes were released this week and for the most part slowed, in line with expectations due to seasonal factors, higher rates at the end of the year, and lower day count. Turning to the overall economy, as Federal Reserve officials continued their hawkish rhetoric yesterday, we saw increased volatility with investors likely building in expectations for a more hawkish Fed. Last week, the Fed raised its benchmark to a range of 4.5 to 4.75%. Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari said yesterday that January's strong labor market report shows the U.S. Central Bank would need to keep raising rates to as much as 5.4%. Fed Chair Powell also stuck to the message that interest rates need to keep rising as the labor market is extraordinarily strong. He said that getting inflation down to 2% will take into next year, and added that it will be a couple years before the central bank nears the end of balance sheet reduction, and a specific target has not been set. Mortgage rates continue to tick down. As a result, mortgage applications increased 7.4% from one week earlier, according to data from the MBA's weekly mortgage application survey. Later this morning brings December wholesale inventories and sales, and a treasury auction of $35 billion of 10-year notes. Today is also packed with Fed speakers, starting with New York's Williams, who will be followed by Governor Cook, Alanis Bostich, Vice Chair for Supervision Barr, Minneapolis's Kashkari, and finally Governor Waller. We begin the day with agency MBS prices a few 30 seconds better, and the 10-year yielding 3.64 after closing yesterday at 3.67%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Valentine's Day is next week. Remember, Never buy flowers from a monk. Only you can prevent florist friars. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end to end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, and business intelligence. To learn more about Simple Nexus, an Encino company, visit simplenexus.com. about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.